Hey guys, welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast is officially out. This new podcast extends and reinvents his New York Times number one best-selling book from 2009 and breaks down the NBA's most important games, players, and teams. Starting with Steve Kerr in the premiere episode, Bill's using new commentary and fresh interviews to determine how the league has evolved and where it's headed. The first four episodes are out now wherever you get your podcasts and will continue on a weekly basis. Check out The Book of Basketball on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's middle-aged people week this week on Jam Session. I just know the way to put it. Um, we're going to talk about Keanu Reeves and his girlfriend, Demi Moore, and her endless PR campaign for her memoir, which I think I'll be reading eventually. Uh, we're going to share some passions with each other, things we're passionate about in this moment. Which are like middle-aged. Well, they're they're age-appropriate. How about yeah. that? It's an age-appropriate <laughs> episode of Jam Session. I rebranded live. Love it. And then introducing a new segment. Which we'll get to. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. First, morning show premiered last week on Apple. Amanda loves it. Listen to Monday's episode of Ringer Dish for more on Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston. But there's just so much morning show to go around. We need to talk about it a little bit. And it's specifically Billy Crudup, who we'll come to in one moment. But first, Amanda, you're you're like, you know, t- I think in your, your personal second week of the morning show Odyssey, because you had screeners. How are you feeling now that the whole world's been able to see some? I just, I really, for the first time, feel like I'm part of a community. (laughs) And it's really special. I've told this anecdote before, but, you know, one of the most meaningful pop cultural moments of my year was when Apple sent out the screeners for the rest of the season of Morning Show. We are lucky. One of the perks of of working in this industry is that you get early access. And so they sent the whole season. And I would say within 10 minutes— of Apple sending out that email, I heard from my friend Juliette Littman. I heard from my friend Chris Ryan. I heard from my friend Willa Paskin. And I heard from my husband, Zach. Like, everyone who is important to me in my life reached out instantly and was just like, Amanda, we did it. And I didn't say that. I said congrats. Well, you know what? I'm taking it as a <laughs> we did it. I, it, was a, it was a sign of affection and support well, from you. I say that because I was genuinely happy for you, that you that you could watch all of this. <laughs> I know. I really appreciate that. And I would also, just an extension of that, like you and I have been on several text message chains yes. about the morning show. I have been texting with, you know, I am on like, it's my group chat experience and I've never really had this before about a TV show. I don't know. I guess normally, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of a loner. I like to do things on my own pace. I'm only child shit. But I think if you were into reality TV, you would have more TV group chats. Reality TV spawns a lot of conversation. I think that's true. Text. But I just really was moved by the experience of sharing my passion for this like ridiculous and uh, like often astonishingly bad, but also really engaging show with all of my friends. I can't believe it's the morning show that did it for you. After all, after all your long but, life here on Earth. also you sort of can't because they spent like a shitload of money on basically like plot about middle-aged ladies it's also, and media. It's, it's what I'm interested in. Some of the decisions are staggering, like just absolutely staggering. 
including the very long intro. I'm just like, do we need this in the length of every episode? But you know what? You can have that conversation, and you did. You yes. had this conversation with Chris Ryan on the watch as well. Yes. So the- I'm, I'm just, I'm not getting paid. I just want to reiterate, I'm not getting paid from Apple. I'm just an enthusiast for the first time in my life. There's a lot of people on the show who I kind of hadn't thought about in a while who I actually really like. Mm-hmm. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, I think, is like probably everyone's like, yeah, I really like her. What's she doing on this show? Yeah, it's a tough. She's also, last weekend was in Motherless Brooklyn, which is a movie that is not totally successful. It has basically nothing to do with the Jonathan Latham novel, which I know you have read. Um, I'm shaking my head in disgust. Yeah, and it's just kind of, so it was a real Gugu what's happening weekend. It's like, this, you didn't deserve this. Gugu really deserved a better career. It's not over. It's not over. It still isn't over. <laughs> but, but um, I don't know. It's just not trending in the right direction. Like, when she was in Beyond the Lights with Minnie Driver and Nate Parker, I was, like, tremendous, really excited about her future. I remember going to a screening of that. Yeah. And then, obviously, so many people love her episode of, of um, Black Mirror, San Junipero. It's, to me, not even a top five, but no one asked me. Um, <laughs> and... And, but I, I don't know, like, she deserves her own prestige TV show. Yeah. And I, I don't know why she's not getting it, but she's just like an addendum to this, this program with one of the shittier roles. But I was happy to see her nonetheless. Yeah. And it is also a part of this show, which let me just go ahead and say it has some real problems. But if you're listening to Jam Session, I think you'll at least enjoy watching it. So it, you know, yeah. It, if you're at all curious, it's the, right vibe. it's the right vibe. I would encourage you to seek it out. You can get a week free from Apple. But essentially, the, one of the many problems of the show is that they have no idea what show they're making. Yeah. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama, so they switched showrunners. I think um, the Matt Lauer developments were a bit of a surprise. Not a surprise. Well, they were a surprise to all of us. But this show is kind of working through those in real time. So the first couple episodes, it's like they're making eight different shows. And Gugu is stuck on a really weird version of that show. It's probably like she's in like a whodunit kind of. Yeah, but also there's an episode that's called "Chaos Is the New Cocaine." Just to give you a sense of where this what show's episode at. What number is that? That's number three. Oh, I just watched that one. And <laughs> I, I really feel like Gugu took that to heart from a performance perspective. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's an interesting tonal choice. I kind of even within the three episodes, it's settling in a little. Yeah. There's still some baffling choices, but I have hope and I have hope for the for, show. For the show and for for Google and for all the characters coming together and kind of figuring it out. That's beautiful. Should we talk about one person who has figured it out? Yeah, so let's do it. Let's talk about Billy Crudup. Yeah, this is astonishing. Almost Famous is like my second favorite movie ever. So What is your first favorite movie ever? You've got Mail? Oh, that's true. Okay. Um, Great. I accept. <laughs> and I really almost equally love Almost Famous though. And so mm-hmm. like Russell Hammond is real to me. Like, okay. Billy Crudup so fully inhabits Russell Hammond that it's really taken me by storm that I'm enjoying Billy Crudup in another role because there's only, like, Russell Hammond and then the guy who cheated on Mary Louise Parker with Claire Danes when Mary Louise yeah, Parker was pregnant. I, those are probably <laughs> his two major data points. Like, if you, if, God forbid, Billy Crudup passed away today, I think those would be the two sentences in his obituary, which is tough. It's not, it's not what you want. As they say, I'm on drugs. <laughs> Sorry. But I so, promise I'd only do three almost famous quotes. I just burned one. But so it's basically like for you, the Billy Crudup character who is like, he's in the band, right? Yeah, he's he's the he's uh, the just make me look cool guy. 
He is Russell Hammond, the guitarist with Mystique, who becomes a bigger star than Jeff Beebe, the lead singer in it. They have a fight. It's the best scene in the movie. Okay. So it's like that character. It's He's like, like a, the cool guitarist. He's like the cool musician like at the party who okay. like doesn't really engage anyone in conversation, just like plays their guitar and everyone swoons. So it's like if Keith Richards yeah. became a morning show producer. Yeah, basically. <laughs> We should make that show. That'd be really good. He would be really good TV. But Billy Crudup is, like, actually good in this show. Like, he's playing a dick mm-hmm. who is pretty brazen, but also, like, committed to his job. And, yeah. And I am I love it. He's going for it. It's, again, everyone came to this show with a different idea of what it could be, and you can especially see that in the pilot. But it seems like his version is winning. He just came in and was like, I'm going to be a sleazeball. I'm going to be charismatic. I'm just, this is all a little silly. And yeah. so am I. Yes. And let's go with it. And and like he and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are probably like at the most screen time, those three, I would say. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing a different thing. I think he's the most, I'm in a really long movie. Like they seem like they're like testing out television, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon sure. in a certain way. He's like, I'm a movie actor. I'm doing movies. And he, for some reason, he just feels like the slick jerk from like a mid to like a 2005 movie. Yeah, he is doing a little bit uh, it's a less serious version of his character in Spotlight and mm-hmm. in Spotlight he plays the lawyer who has just covered up a lot of settlements with I the forgot Catholic he Church. was in Spotlight. Yeah, and he's very good in Spotlight and so he's basically doing likable Spotlight right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that works for him. I I will also say, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are the stars of the show. They have to carry the show. The show, in a lot of ways, is, like, about Jennifer Aniston, which yes. we did a whole podcast about it. Please listen. Also, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't, like, do a whole episode about a show about women and then just talked about the man. We did. We were taught the women are important. but They because, got their whole episode. Yeah. This but, is just but a segment. Yeah, but because he is, like, not actually the main character. He's just—he is in a sort of supporting role. Yeah, oh, and, and it doesn't have the burden of being, like, here is what— the major themes he of the show are. He doesn't move anything along, yeah. Yeah, so he just gets to have a lot of fun. And it's clear. And we're and I'm just happy he's, like, back in, in the news because apparently this has been going on for almost one year. He's dating Naomi Watts. I had no idea. I had no idea either. If you Google them, they basically have not been seen together for one year. They were last seen, like, in the Daily Mail on the streets, like, around Thanksgiving of 2018. And then they were just photographed again together over the weekend. I think there's a couple things at play here. Yes. One, Naomi Watts has been abroad filming Game of Thrones, which is now canceled. Sure. So that like took a, f- a few months. So she wasn't available for photography. Yep. There's that. Two, people don't care about Billy Crudup that much. So even though he may have been available, no one cared. Yeah. And three, Naomi Watts is like super low key. I just like forget she exists all the time. And I really like her. She kind of has an existence where... She's always photographed outside her. I think she lives in NoHo, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. like right above Houston. Yeah, near great the, area near the Smile. And so there were always photographs of her and Liam Schreiber and yeah. the kids like around there. But otherwise, you never really saw her. And she had kind of eked out like a kind of very low level fame existence, which I think is working. It is also interesting. Like Billy Crudup was basically persona non grata in the world until fairly recently because the Mary Louise Parker Claridane's triangle is one of the great scandals of I guess it was the mid-aughts yes um 
So their child was born, I think, in 2003 or 04. And right. I believe that's right when he started dating Claire Danes. If I recall, it was a seven months pregnant split. Which yes. Is, that's a t- it's a tough look. Very, very unfortunate. And I think understandably, he has shied away from the public eye as a result of that. Because you can't, you really do have to go in hiding for a decade after that. Yeah, you deserve it, man. Yeah, you do. But it's been 15 years. I can't believe that kid is 15. He's he's somewhere 15 years old. I remember it so vividly when it happened. I do too, because I Maria Louise Parker had a Golden Globes moment right mm-hmm. after the split where she just sort of like crushed it. I think it was in, during Weeds. Yeah. And it was just sort of like a real fuck you to for, to um, Billy Crudup. Love Mary Louise Parker. Me too. I, you know, the name of that child, by the way, is William Atticus Parker. So okay. first name for father, last name for mother. Okay. Which I, seems I, fair. I love it. Absolutely love it. Also, Atticus, I I don't love. I mean, I understand if you're really inspired by To Kill a Mockingbird. I think it's a great middle name, should you feel you need to have Atticus involved. So okay. good job, Mary Louise. Well, fair enough. I just think it is kind of interesting on a timeline basis. So this has been 15 years. Yeah. and But now I am really ready to accept Billy Crudup back in my life. It's like, okay, people had time. Their emotions were healed. He's worked out some other stuff. And now I'm just completely charmed by him on The Morning Show. I don't care at all. I agree with you. I enjoy when he's on screen. Yeah. I think him and Reese are pretty good together, actually. Yes, I do too. And <laughs> I I want to be clear. I've only watched three episodes. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know what I want to happen. I know. It, it's, it's just— I hope they do it. It's such a funny mishmash of different kinds of celebrities. Like, also yeah. having Mark Duplass in the mix is so weird. Uh, that's— Really mysterious to me. Like, it goes from the most mega A-list glossy magazine celebrity in Jennifer Aniston, closely followed by Reese Witherspoon. She's, mm-hmm. if, if Jennifer Aniston's, like, A++, Reese Witherspoon's, like, A++ and a half. Like, yeah. I think she's just, like, a smidge behind her. Yeah. And probably just due to, like, longevity, essentially. And, and, and like, platforms. Like, Jennifer Aniston was yeah. just on Friends for— yes. Which, totally. Friends is still, like, one of the top three most popular shows. It's so wild. Yeah. It's well, so funny. I, when I did that podcast with Andrew, I was like, well, you and I both watched this in the 90s. And he was like, uh, actually, I have to inform you that I didn't watch it in the 90s. And I was like, shit, I'm old. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, huh. it's like a five-year difference. I do remember having to beg my parents to watch Friends. Yeah. I was I, like, it's important that I be a part of the culture. And they were like, you're 10. I was just an NBC viewer from a very young age. It's <laughs> it's about, uh, you know, it's about my quarterly time to mention the fact that I love the television show Sisters. So, which, which was also was on NBC. Okay. Kind of which time. one was that? Sisters. Uh, it was with Smoozie Hurt, Sheila Ward, Patricia Columber, and um, Sheila, what's her face? And it's about four daughters who's who are, like, living in suburban oh, Chicago yes. and their sisters. Right. Every, and it's just like a soap opera that was on Sunday nights. And I just loved NBC. ER, sisters, friends, Seinfeld, etc. You know the, the TV document that you made that you posted on Instagram yeah. for, like, the fall season preview? What year was that for? That I made that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was, like, 2008, 2007. So sisters wasn't on that. No. I feel like there was a sisters reference on it, though. Yes, there probably is. Okay. It's, like, the most foundational show in my TV life. Yeah. So I, I watch Friends from a young age. But anyway, back to the morning show and it's weird, weird <laughs> group of celebrities. There's Mark Duplass, who's like indie hipster king from 2013. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, ultra famous. Mm-hmm. Billy Crudup, like famous enough and like has like a cult following. And then there's Steve Carell, who's all in the other oh like God. most popular I show. I totally forgot that Steve Carell was on this show. <laughs> the Office and Friends are like the two most popular things on Netflix. I know. 
And they're now just both on this other streaming it's show. It's very smart. Yeah. I mean, Steve Carell's definitely on another show and they don't know what to do with him because they're doing the Me Too plotline through him and they just have him yelling morality clause a lot and it hasn't really come together yet. And it is like he is just completely in a different universe, but you're totally right. He's on the show. Yes. I forgot. It's a fact. It's really, it's really nuts that one of the most famous TV stars of the past 25 years, as you pointed out, on the most successful streaming show that's not a streaming show, current still, is like not even promoting this show. It's real. It's really weird. Steve Carell's career bums me out. He's really funny. I wish he would do more comedy, but he doesn't seem to want to. Well, I'm, it must be tiring. People want variety. You can't ask people to do the same thing All right. he's been for their off, entire lives. He's been off the office for, like, coming up on 15 years. Okay. And 40-Year-Old Virgin was, like, over 15 years ago. Well, Steve, you know, make a comedy, man. Listen, this is about—this is a middle-age or age-appropriate podcast, okay? okay and maybe right. he's finding different residents <laughs> at different phases of his life. Follow your bliss. Yeah, okay. I, the main point we want you to take away from this conversation is that Naomi Watts and Billy Crudup are dating, because we had no idea. <laughs> And also that maybe you should check out the morning show. If you like a, a wacky, weird time. If you want to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Sure. As you noted, no dark colors. Very easy to watch any time of day. Love it. You don't need a dark room. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Moving on. More age appropriateness. Keanu Reeves, a lovely middle-aged man who seems to have lovely and just a, a great life and great values, is dating someone. And she happens to be around the same age as him. As a result, it is extremely remarkable, which says a lot about our world. Well, it really does. And I want to talk about that. Do we know that they're dating? Is, no. is number one. We don't. And again, I just find like the American puritanical gossip system so hilarious because they they went to a benefit, the LACMA Art and Film Gala, presented by Gucci, LOL, in Los Angeles on Saturday. And they are longtime collaborators. She is an artist. Her name is Alexandra Grant. She is an artist. And um, Keanu writes some poetry, and they have worked on art books and, and stuff together. They just have, like, a nice creative partnership. They went together to this art event, and they held hands on the red carpet. And as they were holding hands on the red carpet, the entire world lost their mind because Keanu Reeves is now dating someone who is— in a similar age bracket we can to him. Say, maybe you can say they're both middle-aged, essentially. Well, he's 55, which I hate to break it to you, is probably a little past middle age at this point, just in terms of life expectancies. He's rich. He'll live to 100. That's true. And Alexander Grant is, is 46. Yes. So it seems like they have a lovely relationship. I do find it funny, again, that people are just always wanting to assign like pretty stereotypical roles on anyone desperate for it at all times. But the thing that is notable about it is that you don't even see actors of Keanu's stature or men of Keanu's age photographed with women who are even close to them age-wise yeah. in resemblance. You just don't even see pictures of this. And Alexander Grant is like an extremely attractive, stylish artist. She is, I I was thinking a little bit about like like the quote jewelry designer that Brad Pitt was rumored to be dating. Do you remember this? Which mm -hmm. is, it's like a similar genre of sure. woman. It's like it's, the art boyfriend. Yeah, it, it is. It's like, it's the art girlfriend. Yeah. And I, I'm very into it. And I think it's very cool that Keanu is even, you know, the thing is what it's not is Keanu is not trotting around like a 25 year old starlet. Absolutely. Which is what we're used to seeing. She also has gray hair, and she looks like a stylish and chic woman that you would just encounter on the street. She doesn't look like someone who's a celebrity. I think 
I think because she just looks more real and like like a normal human. And it's jarring to see someone yes. famous with Keanu Reeves yes. with a civilian. She's stylish and cool and has good taste instead of looking airbrushed and contoured yeah. within an inch of her life. It's a particularly un-Los Angeles look. Yes. Well, it's a particularly un-paparazzi yeah. event LA look. Yes. I think it actually is like a very familiar art or, you know, rich sure. art world look. Like in like a Jill Soloway show. Yeah, sure. Drop her into transparent. She'll fit right in. Anyway, it is absolutely remarkable that people lost their minds over this. So you do funny. understand why. Yeah. It became a thing instantly. Like there are explainers on the Daily Mail explaining who she is, which is great actually because she is an individual with like a long and interesting career. And it's it's great that people actually are interested in her instead of just, you know— woman next to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And also, they, like, work together on some projects, so they have, like, an intellectual connection, presumably. Yes. I mean, that's what I think. It still could just be that. They have been to events together before and have posed together, and for some reason, this is the one that took off, which is why I'm kind of like, are they dating? I, You know, I also—it must be so weird. No wonder that someone like Keanu Reeves doesn't take people around on dates all the time because like look how we we, this is why we can't have nice things look how nuts we all became as soon as there was like one photograph he's really one of a kind there's no one else like him right now in the culture very special I like really have a soft spot for him partially from his cameo and always be my maybe who doesn't (laughs) I know people just love him and then like he obviously he goes high he goes low he's uh, spoiler alert we've got uh, some Nancy Myers programming coming Mm -hmm. up on the rewatchable soon Keanu Reeves, you never would have guessed he'd be in a rewatchable, in a Nancy Myers movie, and yet he was. I watched a recent clip of Ali Wong. She was talking about her current stand-up tour, mm-hmm. and Keanu came to a show because they have, you know, they'll always be my baby connection, and insisted on going to buy merch in the lobby with everybody else. And he was, like, backstage and being treated like a celebrity. He was like, no, 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 I want to go outside. I would like to buy, like, the tote bag with Ali Wong's face on it and was just hanging out with people at the merch table. And that's that's nice. He seems like a great guy. Yeah. I'm happy for them. I hope this lasts. I hope whatever this is lasts and that they don't get completely weirded out by all of us being uh, crazy internet people. I think Keanu Reeves is already freaked out by the world. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, I just want to say, you referenced that this is in the Daily Mail. Yes. My Daily Mail readership is way down because of the ad blocker that I use, Daily Mail, like, sniffs out and won't let you read until you turn off your ad blocker. And the experience of the Daily Mail without an ad blocker is so horrible that I've just been refreshing page six even more than usual. Ultimately, is that a bad thing, that you're no. reading less Daily Mail? I think it's a positive. Yeah. It's definitely a positive. But significant change to my day-to-day lifestyle. I think probably I should try to do this as well. I feel really guilty every time that I read it. It doesn't feel great. No. Next up, another person over the age of 25. (laughs) Demi Moore, still out here promoting her book. This week she was on Red Table Talk, which, as you know, is a program that we on Jam Session adore. And the thrust of her press tour... We haven't read her book, which, you know, I think we just might now that we're all in on the the celebrity memoir. Mm -hmm. The thrust of her book tour is that she had a really damaging relationship for her with Ashton Kutcher. That's kind of my takeaway. That's my interpretation. But the data points she's given us, and this most recently on Red Table Talk, she said that she was addicted to Ashton and, like, talks about, like, how much she just, like, wanted to have his child. Mm-hmm. And she's been talking a lot about the various miscarriages that she's suffered. She's very sad. And it just sounds like a harrowing experience, the, her relationship with Ashton Kutcher. However... She's been talking about it for six fucking weeks. 
It is a it's a lot. It's a Ashton lot of Ashton Kutcher stuff. is still alive, still famous, has kids, has a wife. Like, I feel like this kind of sucks for Ashton Kutcher. And he's just like, did not to like, I don't really have like an opinion, but I just feel like at some point it's like move on. Other parts of your life, like you're have an incredible career. Yeah, it is really interesting when you promoting your own experience involves so many other boldface names. You know, if you're talking about she talks a lot about her her substance struggles yeah. and relapses. And before, honestly, even before she marries Bruce Willis, before she has kids, like, you know, that's an ongoing theme of her life. And she talks a lot about both marriages. There were also some headlines that were about kind of her discomfort with aspects of her marriage to Bruce Willis. So, you know, when you're writing a memoir, that's what you talk about. And that is what you're selling. But, of course, it does involve other famous people. And then it is also just the way all this stuff gets aggregated and spun around is really really intense because, you know, the name Ashton Kutcher gets more clicks and it gets a sure. d- separate type of click than, say, Demi Moore or Bruce Willis would. And so it does kind of keep getting thrown in our faces. And it's a lot. It's intense. The Red Table Talk is interesting because she is there with Rumor and Tallulah, two of her daughters. Yeah who are giving their perspective. And Red Table Talk likes to do a lot of the intergenerational discussion about motherhood and being a daughter and how your family affects you, which is all very real, and I admire it. And so Rumor and Tallulah are talking about it because they can actually remember her marriage to Ashton Kutcher. You know, they were around for it, which is— that's tough. Really tough. I just feel like this whole—I I commend her for her honesty, and I think that she's been through a lot that I can't really relate to. But I do think the, like, the, the positioning of the book is almost, like, taking away from Demi Moore herself. Or at least the way that it's been aggregated, which I think is a good point. It's not just, like, what she's saying, but how it's being aggregated. But at a certain point, you can get control of that. Like, you can be like, I'm actually not talking about this part of the book any further. Like, you can yeah. just read the book. It's true. I mean, and that's what's really interesting. I I only learned yesterday that Ariel Levy, who is a really accomplished writer for The New Yorker, and who has written a lot of personal pieces, including just one of the most harrowing pieces about suffering a miscarriage that yeah. I have. It's um, She's in Mongolia. And that piece won a lot of awards, and I can't recommend it more. It's obviously ex- extremely difficult to read, but also really impressive. And so Demi Moore wrote this with Ariel Levy, because Demi Moore has a lot of talents, but I don't think she's ever— She's not a professional writer. She's not a professional writer. But there is a real difference in talking about these issues in a book— which is a process where you write something and then you have a co-author who, you know, works with you to shape it. And then you have time to think about it and edit it. And it's both extremely confessional, but pretty contained and controlled. Right. And you're putting out like a very specific considered version of your story. And then promoting that is really different. Yeah. Because you're just out talking loose in the world all of the time. And I'm not saying that one is more or less valuable than the other. And at the end of the day, it's Demi Moore's life and she can talk about it in the way she wants. But it is, especially on the trickier subjects, it's two different versions of it. Not even different versions, but two different experiences, for sure. It also just is a reminder of how rare it is for a celebrity couple to break up and for either side to really talk much about it while while the other is still alive, at least. Because, like, there's obviously, you know, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston don't talk about each other. They don't talk much in general, Mm -hmm. but they don't talk about each other when they do. And, like, so many divorces where the people, like, don't talk about each other. That's true. Though, one more morning show question. Yeah. So, Jennifer Aniston's character's name, 
uh, Alex something. Can't Levy. remember. It is Alex Levy. Well, okay. I and know because they made all the names Jewish, but no one on the show is Jewish. And okay. I think it's weird. Reese Witherspoon's character, her not quite nemesis, but definitely her opposition, is named Bradley Jackson, a.k.a. Brad. Do you think that that was purposeful? Do you think anyone thought about that? No. I kind of don't either, just because having seen the show, I just think that. But I, I just feel if you're Jennifer Aniston, that doesn't get by you. Probably not. But she okay. also probably like, maybe just doesn't care. Yeah. But they say Bradley Jackson so frequently. Yes. It's ridiculous. Additionally, it really seems like that role was originally written for a man. They just re- rewrote it mm-hmm. ever so slightly. I agree with that. Anyway, I just, to your point of, I think Jennifer Aniston is so considered in what she does and doesn't talk about that it can't have gotten past her. No. Because they really do think about it. I guess also some of that, going back to Demi Moore, Demi Moore is obviously very famous and has lived her life in the public eye and, you know, is not shy about sharing. There is that really, really famous Iconic, literally, we overuse that word, but this is an iconic photograph of Demi Moore, very pregnant, pregnant on the cover of Vanity Fair, which kind of changed the entire way yeah, that be- we— Yeah, before, before her uh, very ahead of the wave of sort yeah. of pregnant body Exactly, and kind of how we portray those and what we're comfortable with as an American society. So she's definitely used to being in public, but she hasn't been in a while. And kind of not consistently for the last 15 years. Yeah. And— I do think you find that the really A-list, the people who are used to the spotlight do learn what to give away and what not to give away. They're just kind of forced to. Right. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit she's out of practice. It is true. And I also think just we've been joking about it, but it also it just speaks to the fact that so many actresses get to quote-unquote middle age and like just feel like irrelevant essentially. Mm -hmm. Or— just it, their place so quickly shifts in the culture and in yes. the consciousness. It's depressing. Um, <laughs> let's talk about things that are less depressing. Some passions or strongly held views that we currently have. Okay. I'd like to tell you about a television show I've begun watching recently. Yeah, this is a this is something where you started telling me before we were recording and you were like, no, I need to save it. Save this hot content. So I really can't wait. So I canceled my cable mm-hmm. because it got too expensive and I got YouTube TV in addition to all the other streaming platforms that I also like subscribe to, whatever. Sure. And as a result, I really like YouTube TV and like I for some reason just like feel like I want to use it more than I was using my cable. And so I've been getting back into ambient television. So way back in on House Hunters, like just I, I've pivoted to international. I was a really early Property Brothers viewer, like really early. I definitely believe that. And now I'm back. I, I took a break. Now I'm back. This still my number one complaint is they don't specify exactly where they are, but whatever. And then I discovered the Smithsonian Channel, which I've never had before. And one Sunday morning, I found myself watching Million Dollar American Princesses, which is hosted by Elizabeth McGovern. And at the beginning of each episode, she talks about how her character from Downton Abbey was inspired by these real-life million-dollar American princesses, these American women who moved to England and, like, inherit some kind of title or whatever, and they have, like, all of the money that they bring to their husbands. So let me just say for the record that Julia did not tell me the title of the show before we started recording. All I told you Elizabeth so was on it. I, all I'm thinking, I just am really stuck at Million Dollar American Princess. It's incredible. I can't tell you which of the words is the toughest for me, whether it's Million Dollar, whether it's Princess. 
I guess American is just a statement of fact as it relates to the show, but, you know, that's a little tough, too. That's a lot. The best episode I've watched so far, though I haven't watched the one with Grace Kelly, which I'm saving, is the one that has um, Kick Kennedy on it and includes, like, it's, it's about how she basically, her family disowned her and she moves to England, marries an English guy. Only one of her brothers comes to the wedding. And then she promptly dies. Yeah. I didn't actually know that she also died on a, a short flight from Paris to Marseille. Like, these Kennedys, stay off planes, people. It's really true. Let me ask you, aside from the title, mm-hmm. would you consider this as like a well-made show? Um, okay. <laughs> because this is a topic that would actually really interest me. I don't think it's... I. I think that uh, one thing that was a little uncomfortable was how they talked about some of these women's transfer from American to British aristocracy, like, in Mm mid-century, and basically, like, part of the appeasement movement in England, which kind of allowed the Nazis to rise for the time that they did. And that is not really, like, dealt with. Like, there's, like, there's, you know, Nancy Astor is, like, Mm -hmm. one of the women in the show, and she becomes an MP, and she's, like— part of the appeasement faction. Yes. And yeah. so in talking about Nancy Astor, like appeasement comes up. And I was like, didn't really come here looking for this ho- for this World War II talk, but now I'm here. And I was like, how can how can they just accept that she was part of appeasement? Like, and just like keep they it moving. They all were. That's I know. the whole saga of the Mitfords. That's why like you can't really make the Mitford TV show. It's like, Mit- well, they're all Nazis. Mitford's also mentioned in the show. Yeah, I bet. But I did feel like I learned a lot. I honestly did. And it's like super great background noise, entertaining. Like, I don't know. I, I love, the only issue with it is I can't wait. Like, I just, like, I start Wikipediaing as I'm watching. Because okay. I can't wait for these stories to unfold. Oh but God. I have to say, I, I really enjoy it. And the Smithsonian Channel also has a show called Ariel Britain, which is just, like, a like a show that's like, has a lot of footage shot from planes or whatever, like, showing different parts of Britain. I think there's also Ariel America, but obviously I'm not interested. Okay. Um, I just really recommend the Smithsonian Channel if you're just looking for to vibe out with some, like, calm programming that's, like, basically, like, listening to classical music but watching TV. Okay. That was a tremendous recommendation by you. <laughs> I peaked Juliet. <laughs> Shout out to the Smithsonian Channel for the title of that show, which I'm going to be recovering from all day. Million Dollar American Princess. Okay. Check it out. Oh I honestly... What if I got you a t-shirt that said Million Dollar American Princess? Would you wear if it? If it had a Smithsonian logo on it, I would wear it <laughs> to indicate that it's tied to the Smithsonian channel. I, I Do you seriously, think they make merch? Should I make some my own merch for you? It's a really good question. Okay. Everyone, check it out. If you don't have the Smithsonian channel, find someone who is YouTube TV or I think Hulu Live TV. They both seem to have it. Okay. It's tremendous. Okay. Amazing. It's, it, this is how I felt when I first discovered House Hunters like a long time ago. Like I was so elated by this trivial programming. Okay. It's gonna go big, I can tell. Okay. Wow. I can't wait in ten years when we're just talking about the million dollar princess franchise. I gotta watch the Grace Kelly, Gloria Swanson, Rita Hayworth episode. I'm saving it for oh, this. Oh yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah. That's a good story anyway. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the episode. Oh my god, Princess okay. Grace. Great stuff. I'm on the other end of the spectrum with my personal passions, but when we were putting together our rundown for this podcast and I was thinking about all of the celebrity content I've consumed, which is basically I, I have just watched everything, all of the content in Chrissy Teigen's new website. It's called Cravings by Chrissy, right? Yes. Cravings by Chrissy Teigen.com. It uh, launched. Yeah. It, it launched and then crashed, which I really relate to. Making a website's really hard. Yes. And there was kind of this little, she's been talking about, I'm making a website. I'm making a website for a long time. And I was kind of like, I don't really need you to make a website. I follow you on Instagram. I, yeah. I feel like I have a handle on this. But once she launched the website, I was like, oh, because she's basically just doing goop, which makes a lot of sense. And it is funny to me kind of that, she needed to retroactively make a goop. 
you know, it has recipes. It has a personal blog with like recommendations for restaurants in New York and L.A. Um, she's already gotten in trouble with the L.A. Times for not having a particularly curious list of L.A. restaurants, which on the one hand fair. On the other hand, I mean, this is literally a celebrity's vanity website. I, You know, it's very clearly that it's what she's interested in and not the definitive guide to complex yeah. dining. Nor does she say that it was. Right. And to her credit, she pretty like graciously explains that, um, has already explained that on the internet. But it's funny because Chrissy Teigen was already a, like a Gwyneth Paltrow-like figure to me, and then she's just going all in. But the infrastructure required is pretty amusing to me. I assume she'll just be selling everything on this website shortly. I guess so. And also, I guess she has so many projects coming up. It's probably helpful for her to have one platform where she can like promote things, essentially. Yeah, it's certainly true. But it's like it's got the recipes. It's got her own recommendations. It's got a lot of their family stuff. And she really is just answering. It's like her own personal Reddit as well, where she's answering questions from people. I don't understand some of the celebrity interest. Like, I mean, I do. I'm really interested in celebrities. But like, I'm not interested in them as like experts. Like, I think it's crazy and weird to me that Kate Hudson's like having this really successful Fabletics second wave career. Because I'm just like, just because she wears exercise clothes doesn't mean she knows about exercise clothes. That's true, though. I guess it's kind of the the Kate Hudson thing where she's just like lending her name to a type, to like a product you can buy. Yeah. It's like not that dissimilar from Martha Stewart being like, here are some dish owls, That's right? True. Or... Rihanna being like, here is my really excellent makeup. Right. And the reason that the Rihanna makeup has been so successful is that it's like really good. And it had like filled a market that no one else, you know, no one was making foundation or like any color shades for women of color. And so she actually made it good. But the basic idea of being like, this is my whatever line seems pretty established. I guess also like I'm going to be like Gwyneth Paltrow. And kind right. of build a brand around your interest in me and I'll start some selling some things and also give you some recommendations is pretty natural and it makes perfect sense for Chrissy Teigen to do it. But it's just very funny to me that this is just kind of how people, how we do celebrity now. I agree. It's kind of depressing. I'm just sort of like, I, I don't know why it's depressing to me. It's You're right. It's like not different or really that new, but just sort of like the trajectory is be famous for one thing and then start a website and sell stuff. I mean, it's kind of, it's what people have done. It's, you're right. It's, you know, I'm and being instead, too judgmental. instead of like being Jennifer Aniston and selling smart water, she's kind of selling her own stuff, which I admire. I just, it's so, in a lot of ways, it's so obvious as even like to be unremarkable. Mm-hmm. People do this all the time now, but I was just kind of like, oh, this is how celebrity works now. And I think Chrissy Teigen is really famous and she is. will probably in As a lot of ways. last week. Yeah, and will become a Goop-esque, you, you know, a force in the world, if I if I had to guess. How but, old is Chrissy Teigen? Like, she's our age, right? Like, yeah, 34, she, 35? Yeah, I think she's early 30s. Crazy. Um, good for her. Yeah. I, you know, and I she does it well and I like her, which is too. also the major difference. But, yeah, she's 33 years old. About to turn 34, end of November. Happy early birthday, Chrissy Teigen. Congrats. Um, you got a website. Yeah. I just, you know, it was notable in terms of celebrity development. Sure. I think it's really interesting. I We kind of take it for granted now, but this is what you do when you're famous. And I also, like, I never really thought of her as, like, a food person, but she's really going all in on the food scene. Obviously, she has her cookbooks, which I just forgot about. Yeah. She's on um, Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner with David Chang, and they, I think, have another project that mm-hmm. was announced with Hulu. Yeah. I, she's a food personality. 
And the host of Lip Sync Battle. Yes. And many other things to come, many, apparently. Many other things to come. Yeah. All right. Final note of the day. We are introducing a new segment, <laughs> which if you've been listening for a while, A, thank you. B, hope you still like it. And C, this will not be a surprise to you. But the final segment of the week is called Wish Them Well. And it's someone that we wish we wish you well, as we often like to say yeah. here. Good luck and wish you well. We don't want to be involved, but we wish <laughs> the best for you. And this week, our We Wish You Well Goes to Caitlin Carter. Yes. Who took to the pages, the online pages of Elle, to write about her relationship with Miley Cyrus. To her credit, she doesn't really try to, like, label things, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Similarly with Miley, she's just like, I went on a trip with my friend and I was in love with a woman. Caitlin Carter, shout out to you and your self-discovery. I wish you well in your journey through future relationships, I have no interest in knowing more about you. Like, I, I didn't want to know anything from the beginning. Thought you were too much <laughs> on the hills. And I, you know, wish you the best. Wish just that I'm done here. I just want to add, this is about an 800-word essay. You know, <laughs> maybe that. And I, it definitely seems like it's an as told to, which is when you talk on the phone to someone and they arrange it into a coherent piece of writing. Yeah, you know, it's this chapter's over. You want to write one last essay about it, and then we'll never hear from you again. Hopefully. I, I think that's fine. I think this is a constructive way for sure. the cha- to end the chapter. Absolutely. It's not. I don't wish—again, really just wish her well. Me too. And, Kay- and, and that's it. Caitlin Carter, may only good things happen for you. May you find happiness and peace. And please do it in a place where we are not involved. Yes. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Million Dollar American Princesses on the Smithsonian Channel. And also the morning show. <laughs> on Apple what a TV pairing. Plus. <laughs> Great stuff. We'll be back next week. <laughs> 